Today's theme is sharing faith in the family. I'm delighted to welcome Mr. Brian O'Driscoll, who will speak to us today. Brian is a Corkman who recently moved to Donegal and now works in the area of pastoral renewal in the Diocese of Rafoe. So, Brian, you're most welcome to Galway Cathedral. It's great to have you here for our first day of the Novena. Thank you, Father. So good evening, everyone. Uh, It's a great honor and pleasure for me to be invited to speak at the opening of this novena today. So initially, the the plan was for me not to be standing up here alone. My wife, Lana, was was due to be here with me, but um, she's actually giving birth in a few days' time. So she insisted that I still come along and speak today. Initially, the the due date was to be the very end of March, but the doctors have decided to induce her a few days from now uh, if there's not been any movement in the the meantime. So this is going to be our fifth child. We have three girls and a boy already. So we have Jessica, age five, Amelia, three and a half, Elise, two and a half, and James, age one. So I've been here since, uh, since early this morning and, um, and unfortunately I'm not going to be able to stay uh, for Mass uh, tonight because I have, uh, I, have a, I have a wife who's watching and has warned me to be in the car the minute I, I finish. So as Father John Jarrett said, I'm a Corkman originally and my wife is from Belfast and we live in County Donegal where I work as the Director of Pastoral Renewal for the Diocese of Rafaux. But tonight, I'm going to speak a few words about sharing faith in the family. In recent weeks, as we are currently at that time of year where children are receiving the sacrament of confirmation across the country, part of my job has been to travel to various parishes throughout Donegal to speak in particular with parents of those who will be receiving the sacrament of confirmation. And it's always interesting to see the reaction when it comes to one particular area. And that is in relation to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in particular, one of those gifts, which is the gift of courage, or as some of us may know uh, or call it, fortitude. And the reason that that's an interesting one is because people know it makes sense to receive the gift of courage. Parents remember this from the time of their own preparation for the Sacrament of Confirmation. But courage for what? The answer, of course, is courage to be able to stand up for your faith in Christ. It helps us to overcome any obstacle that will keep us from practicing our faith. And this is a challenging one. It certainly is each time I read it. Because I need to ask myself, do I actually stand up for my faith in Christ? And if I do, where can I improve? Do I give my all for God? Especially when we live in a world where following the message of of Jesus Christ has become countercultural, really. So how am I to stand up for my faith and practice it? One thing that I've come to learn in life is that so often actions really do speak louder than words. So each of us has a vocation. My vocation is to marriage. So that means that God has to take the number one place in my life. My wife takes the second place, my children third, and everything else comes after that. But sometimes when we hear that God has to take the number one spot in our hearts and our lives over our spouse, that can sound incorrect or funny, but it's not. If I want to truly love my wife to the greatest of my ability, then I can only do that with God in the number one spot of my heart. 
Because if I don't have it in that order, then I won't be able to love my, my wife as much without God in the first place because God is love. The love comes from him. But what is love? This is a question pondered and debated on by philosophers and writers throughout the ages. But as Christians, the answer is actually quite simple. Love is willing the good of the other. I often heard my grandmother in West Cork say, we don't have to like everyone we meet, but we are called to love them. And sometimes someone's personality or traits clash with our own and we just don't click. Yet, we are called to love them. And this caused great confusion for me as a, as a young boy. How can we love someone if we don't like them? But the answer is straightforward. We are called to will the good of the other. And as Christians, that is willing heaven for the other person. Willing that they will reach the destination set out for them and spend eternity with God. That is love. So how does this apply to our vocation? Well, in my case, my role as a husband is to do my utmost to lead my wife to heaven and then my children. That is my ultimate responsibility in life because my vocation is marriage. Now, for any of us who are married, that sounds like a whopper of a mission. So how are we to actually go about doing it? Sometimes when we hear the words mission or vocation or sainthood in a Catholic context, we automatically think that this applies only to a select few who are extremely blessed with virtue and, in, and the relationship with God that we could never live up to. It may seem that the bar is set far too high for us. When we think of relatively modern saints who had a unique vocation or mission, a few come to mind straight away, such as St. Therese Lisieux or her parents, Louis and Zelie, or Mother Teresa, Padre Pio, the list goes on. Indeed, these did have a very unique mission and vocation that they were called to, and they lived it out to the fullest extent. But that is not the mission or vocation that the majority of us are called to. So especially in the vocation of marriage, how do we live out our vocation in the church? And the answer to that is that we are called to live our lives doing the ordinary things out of love, giving everything to God. In my own case, when it comes to a, a very young family, it is doing things such as getting out of bed in the middle of the night to feed the crying baby when your body is pleading with you to, to sleep on, or changing what seems like the, the hundred nappy of the day, or dealing with tantrums, or cleaning sick, or whatever it is. These are just small examples of the hundreds of little ordinary things that we deal with every day in the confines of our home. And that is what we are called to do, to do the ordinary everyday tasks with an extraordinary love. If I'm changing a, a child's nappy or caring for a sick child, offer it to God, as strange as that sounds. But it's true. That is how we, we pray at all times. Whatever job we have or activity we are doing at any stage throughout the day, we are called to offer it to God. He can use that for a greater good. So whether it is a challenging moment or a beautiful and joyful moment, it doesn't matter. Offer it to God. When it comes to marriage, there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. I'm conscious that my wife is watching into this. There are going to be times when we may hurt one another by word or selfishness or lack of thought, even in ways we may not have intended. 
But that is why we are never to tire of saying sorry or asking for forgiveness. Pope Francis said the following regarding marriage, family and forgiveness. He said, there is no perfect family. We have no perfect parents. We are not perfect and we do not get married to a perfect person. Neither do we have perfect children. We have complaints about each other. We are disappointed by one another. Therefore, there is no healthy marriage or healthy family without the exercise of forgiveness. Because without forgiveness, the family becomes sick. And that ties in beautifully to today's first reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians that we will hear at Mass shortly, where St. Paul asks us to be compassionate and patient, forbearing one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And over all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Even today's gospel that we'll hear by St. Luke, it tells us to grant pardon and to give. It is so key. Never tire of asking forgiveness, even in the smallest of things, but also never tire of giving. Giving of yourself entirely to your spouse, your children, your family. There is no more crucial way of giving to our family than with time and spending proper quality time with our spouse, our children and our family. <clears throat> I think we will all admit that technology can be very, very useful, but it can also affect the relationships in our home. And I speak here as a guilty party too. We can be physically present with our family, but our, our faces can be stuck in, in the phone doing unimportant things. But spending quality time is crucial. It sounds obvious, but can be hard to do at times. And so, willing the good of our spouse and children, desiring the ultimate destination for them, which is heaven, doing even the mundane, everyday tasks within the confines of our home, out of love. Love for God, love for our spouse, love for our children, putting the other first before ourselves. Even in doing these things within our marriage and family, we are having a profound effect on the world. It is not about having extraordinary achievements in life. If these come our way, all well and good. But it is about doing the ordinary things out of love, especially the things that we do not like doing, but knowing that it is for the good of the other person. That is true love. And if we carry that mentality into any relationships in our lives, whether it's family, our jobs, our community, whatever it is, we can literally change the world one step at a time. That is true love. And it is not about trying to be Holy Joe, so to speak, because that won't work. It is about getting our priorities right. And so what is the number one priority in this life? It's to get to heaven. And our path to getting there is whatever vocation we have. So if, it is, if it's marriage, then your spouse is both your cross and your path to heaven. When we enter our marriage and family with this mentality, everything changes. Because now, even when we are praying at home with our children in the morning or before and after meals throughout the day or before bed at night time, they are not just experiencing God in prayer, but they're seeing, even subconsciously, that he is acting through the family throughout the day despite our own failings. So my children at home, they absolutely love stories, as do most children. And so a prayer time with them, it always begins with a, with a gospel story where the message is very clear. 
But it is important that they, they also see that the message is being carried out in the everyday things too, so that they learn that prayer and actions are linked and are not separate. Even when we help others in need, such as we come across a homeless person in the street and we help them and then at night we pray for them at home, this has been a big one for our kids as they actively see what it means to give for others, what it means to love, or how my wife and I interact and treat each other with love and respect and not afraid to say sorry to each other. It is the simple, ordinary, everyday things that will have the greatest impact. It is not just about saying nice prayers as a family and then living a life contrary to that. It is about linking faith and action within the marriage and the family. And when we get things wrong, which in my case I do so often, openly saying sorry. It also demonstrates to the children that Jesus is not, as my children put it, hiding in the white bread but when we teach him about the real presence, but he's also present in the everyday things when we invite him in. And it sounds basic and simple, and yet it will have more of an impact on your children and the world than you can imagine. So if you want to change the world or have a major impact on the world, do so in whatever vocation you have. Give all to God through that vocation, and you will see how you can affect change in this world. And as I finish, I know my wife, Lana, is, is, is watching, so I can't stay for Mass. And I promise you, Lana, I'm going to be in the car in the next three to four minutes. So thank you, and God bless. So we thank you, Brian, and we wish you and Lana all the very best in the weeks ahead.